welcome to yet another episode of Careless Whispod, the podcast where it's a rainy afternoon in 1990, the big city. Jeez, it's been 20... Oh, shit. I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. Uh, yeah. I see what you've done there. That was a great intro. Thank you. Thank you. That's I, a great intro. I'm Gary. I'm Jeremy. And... Uh, Welcome men- back. Mention this is Careless Whispod. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have yet, so do that now. Hello and welcome to another episode of <laughs> the podcast where uh, it's no, a after... No, Gary, oh. no, you zany guy. Welcome back. Look, now, this is, this is a, a bit of a special episode that we're doing. Would you... Whoa, 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 whoa. What kind of issue would you, would you say? <laughs> would you... <laughs> I would describe it as a bumper issue. Sure, but... I think this goes beyond bumper issue. This is a do- well, this is a dolly sealed section, sealed section. issue. Yeah, it's gonna get hot. Yeah, it's gonna get it's spicy. Fucking hot. Um, I used to love those magazines. You yeah. know, you would pretend uh, in high school if the girls. I went to a co-ed school. Did you go to a co-ed school? Yeah. Uh, and the girls would have them. They had dolly, and you'd be like, oh, "That's lame. Why are you reading that? Are hey, you done with that magazine? Now? <laughs> uh, just, uh, I'm just oh, it's just so st- yeah, but yeah, sealed section. What 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 do you think the main thing you learned from a dolly sealed section was? Uh, <laughs> that I was uh, not developing as fast as I probably <laughs> should have. <laughs> but we digress. Look, you'll get there one day, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some say he still rides. Um, welcome back. This welcome is Carlos Carlos Wispod. This is Carlos Wispod. It's a rainy afternoon, 1990, uh, big city. Look, special episode, not just because it's a bumper issue, not because it's a dolly sealed section, not because Jeremy might not have yet lost his virginity, <laughs> but we have, for the first time on, on this podcast, Drum we, have, roll. we have a guest. How much did you pay them? Look, this was a hard get. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My people talk to his people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's notoriously hard to get a hold of. I yeah. thought I can't believe you agree. I thought he was um, living an ascetic life in the mountains of uh, Bangalore. Uh, a lot of people say that he's hard to get hold of just because you. Uh, he's usually covered in oil. There's that. <laughs> Plus, you you physically stop yourself from trying to you know mm. interact with him as as much as possible. Uh, and the uh, the person that we're talking about is one of our co-hosts from the Deaf Talk About Metal podcast, the other yeah. the other podcast. So it's a it's a wonder it's a... that we got him in the room with us. In his room. In his room. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Martin Attain Taylor, welcome aboard. Tain, welcome. Thank you. Say Thank hello you to the people. Thank you, Careless Whispod listeners. No. Whistlers. Uh, uh, it, is there a whist did you say whistlers? Whistlers. 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 Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I feel somewhat um, nostalgic. People. Oh, pod people. That's, yeah. That's a good one. I feel a little bit nostalgic. We're here. We're in the, the we're belly in of the, the beast. The belly of the beast in the yeah. DTABM studio. It's just like the old days. It's just like it was a rainy afternoon in 1990. Yes. That city. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to yeah. keep doing that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> true. It's just, just like those episodes, <laughs> yeah. we'll never get to the music in this one either. <laughs> yeah. We are talking about the uh, pop <laughs> classic... <laughs> Uh, Candy by Iggy Pop and Kay Pearson. 
Goddamn. Uh, B-52's, oh, B-52's fame. I am so excited to be here for this episode as you well. Now, we were talking before, you are a B-52's fan. I am. Yeah, I am, big in fan. fact. Which yeah. is something I didn't, I, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, right. Can you quickly take us through why... Like your introduction to the B-52s. Yeah, your connection. Okay, okay. So, uh, probably personal introduction to the music would have been uh, seeing the video for Love Shack. Um, That probably would have been... uh, You know when ABC used to do the music videos around like 5 to 6 in the afternoon? So like the cartoons are finishing just before the news and then they'd have a video clip? Of course, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I remember watching uh, Love Shack when that came on and I'm like, God damn, this is this is so fucking fun. I would have been like six. You're like, what? Something like that. But Tin Roof. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Thrust it. <laughs> one thing that I don't know if either of you guys know, and it's not confirmed, but I have to ask Dad about this more. Um, but uh, Keith Strickland, um, the... Ah, Stricker, as we call it. Who was yeah. the drummer of the B-52s, who then moved on to guitar once Ricky Wilson died, is apparently a very distant relative of mine. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. Our yeah. condolences to <laughs> told Stricker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Sorry to our listeners. That. And to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently. Apparently. Uh, That's what Dad says, uh, according to uh, the uh, the American part of the family who who went over there. But that's a thing. But I've always loved them uh, ever since hearing that. Uh, first album is probably my all time favorite as far as pop albums. Mm-hmm. It's just like hit after hit. Fucking amazing. Totally flawless. Bangers. Bangers. Uh, do you remember your first introduction to this track in particular? The Iggy Pop and Kate Pearson uh, duet? Candy? Um, probably Rage. Yeah. I would say. Um, I do remember watching it the first time because Dad was surprised that it was a thing. We were watching it at his place. Uh, and he's like, fucking what? Because he's not a huge B-52s fan. But he loves Iggy Pop. Uh, and so he was seeing it for the first time that I was. But he was probably like, I'm not sure about this. But I was like, fucking yeah, this is awesome. Who's Iggy Pop? Because I was like six. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've never been the same since. Basically, no, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, 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 after that, uh, that aged slab of man meat. Uh, <laughs> Combined with Kate Pearson, it did, it did some strange, strange things to me. Cured, yes, to perfection. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a little about the song briefly. Yeah, um, sure. So uh, th- another reason why this is a special episode. I think this is probably the most recent song that we've covered on Careless Whisper. It came out in uh, it came out as a single in September nineteenth, nineteen ninety, from yep. the album uh, Brick by Brick. Mm. So, well. Kay Pearson, we know as uh, one of the singers mm-hmm. um, B-52s. of the B-52s, but uh, James Newell Ostenberg Jr., okay. a.k.a. Iggy Pop. Um, <laughs> Careless Wisp Pop. Careless Wisp Pop. Now, we're talking a little bit about Iggy. We usually don't like to go... To, like uh, Usually we're like, oh... This person or that person will definitely turn up on the podcast again. I'm curious as to whether Iggy Pop will turn up on this podcast again. I, I somehow doubt it. Not I'm going to have say, to guess. Not, no. not to say that we're not uh, giant fans of his work, but <laughs> this is, uh, by his own admission, probably the 
only pop song in inverted commas that he did. Well, yeah. he, he did uh, say in an interview that he's like, I've only written one, one, one really pop good song. pop song yeah, and, and this that was is the Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, just giant uh, or luminary in the world of, uh, I guess, alternative music. Really, one of the creators of a punk, punk yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Him and the Stooges. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. the Stooges. Uh, so if you're into that kind of thing, uh, go check him out. He had a really interesting career um, outside of the Stooges. Gary and I were talking the other day. His first couple of solo albums were produced by David Bowie. Um, and co-written. Uh, and yep. co-written by David Bowie. And uh, China Girl, I didn't realize Pop had done first. And yeah. then uh, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot Bowie of the songs did version. he did later, the album The Idiot and obviously Lust for Life, um, uh, fantastic albums. But then after that, Iggy has sort of had a little bit of a... Um, interesting relationship uh, with with the pop mainstream but what Gary and I were talking about before was that Iggy Pop has never been afraid to experiment sometimes those experiments don't always work out the best but I really like how he always tries something and then just keeps on going. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's fortuitous that we're doing this episode today because he actually has a new album out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Came uh, out maybe last week or this week. Um, it would have been the end of last week, and it's actually really good. It's, called, uh, to it it's called Free. It's called Free. I actually really like it. Um, I, I do too. There's maybe one or two tracks that I was like. Yeah, uh, a little, little bit of filler, but I mean that's that's classic Iggy. So that's a little yeah. bit of background on Iggy. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know who he is. Channeling a lot of Bowie vibes on Free as well. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. that's yeah. cool. I'm into that. So Bowie well, era kind of. Well, the last vibe, album he yeah, did, maybe late period Bowie. Kind well, the of last album he yeah. did, uh, Pure Pop Depression, which mm. was uh, the one he did with Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age fame he was saying at the time that that I think that came out around the time or just after Bowie passed away and it was um, definitely a, he sort of said that was a, a bit of a homage to those sort of albums that we did homage. with a homage yeah. Josh, Josh homage a Josh homage to the Josh albums he did with, is with there, Bowie is there going to be a drinking game with the season where every time someone says the word homage you is a drink along with Careless Whisper? Just like no, that that's a good or... idea. Uh, yeah, I think I'd also say I'd also accept fromage every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every, every time you say homage, you have a cheese platter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. I think. Uh, I wonder why all that yo play was here, but uh... I, I definitely think it helps to be a heavy drinker if you listen to Careless Whisper. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think definitely. you're probably listening to Careless Whisper because you're a heavy drinker. It's... <laughs> but uh, do we want to do um, chart me up? Do yeah, we, do we well, do Chart Me Up? Let, let's get there in a sec, because I've got something about Chart Me Up that's that's pretty interesting, actually. Uh, but... Gary, let's there's up. nothing interesting about <laughs> Chart Me Up. Hey, uh, you've been proven wrong about that before. Yeah, I have been. Yes. But uh, I just wanted to touch on the album a little bit. Have you guys listened to the album that this is from? Yes, uh, yeah, I, I gave, I gave a listen the other day, and sort of... Good, good segue. Good, uh, good homage. Thank you. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know, but drink. As I was saying, Iggy sort of had a bit of an up and down sort of period there uh, with his records. But I think I was saying to Tane before, in terms of Iggy, like his mid. Era, I guess yeah, you would yeah. say. I think this is the best. Iggy Pop's controversial mid-set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, <dear. laughs> Just Google Iggy Pop 
And you'll understand that joke if you uh, don't know who he is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think this is. I think it's really good. I think uh, we'll, we'll get Tane's opinion in a second. But uh, I just wanted to say that um, this album is on the, the the precipice between the 1980s and the 1990s, and I think it sounds like it was a real forerunner for what the 90s ended up being. Like I think mm. a lot of bands. Maybe, maybe inadvertently kind of took up the kind of sound that he was uh, looking at with that kind of still kind of rock sound but with the acoustic guitars and stuff and uh, and I even the, the the video clip too defining yeah watching that video. before i was kind of like oh okay this is right on the cusp of the 90s yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. sort of start to see that Those we'll talk palettes. about that later yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about the video it. later mm-hmm. but team what what do you what do you think about the album brick by brick Uh, As a whole, I mean, yeah, I'd agree. It's kind of, it's kind of experimental and yeah, Iggy himself is not afraid of doing that. But one thing I know, um, um, the fact that uh, the album was produced by Don Was. Oh, yes. uh, Not Was. Not Was. Don Was from Was Not Was. Yeah. Don is. Yeah. Is Don is good. Don. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that should be on his business card. Well, hey, if it's not, he's if it's trick. not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so Don was for for those of you who who are unaware, he is actually now the president of Blue Note Records. So he's kind of known a lot more for that, and his project was not was around that, that time. No, 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 it was. It yeah, it was. It was. It was. I mean, it is. Still it is. is. Yeah, still, still is. is, still is, still was, always Don was. Damn near wrecked him. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, so Don was, back, back at this point, I mean, he's producing, he's not the president of a label. He is an old school sort of Motor City music yeah. fan. He was from Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he was, a, he was a big Stooges fan, but he apparently had always wanted to see Iggy, like he respected Iggy, but he wanted to see what Iggy could do if pushed. Uh, as far as his writing and, mm. and as far as his his voice, rather than his raw power. Yeah. Uh, but but so this was very much like there was uh, not was not was there was a lot of drive to do something different for Iggy as well, not just from Iggy himself, but from the producer. And, th- and that's the thing I think, and maybe it's that influence of Bowie, mm. but that willingness to experiment and and what always reach for something new yeah. in, in, in Iggy's music, you know what I mean? He was always open to that, always wanting to experiment yeah, and always yeah. wanting to try. So I think um, Don was, still is. Still is. Uh, not was. Not was. Um, it's not a game. It's not a game. He, But he wanted to sort of bring him back to sort of some sort of some hard rock, basically. Right? Yeah, because he had a bit of a slump uh, in the '80s leading up to this album. Yeah, uh, a lot of those albums uh, got panned, and this this was him kind of getting back to the forefront and people starting to talk about him again. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like it, it did and it's, have some... and it's just a great rock record, right? Yeah. It sounds like a great rock rock record, you know. Yeah, and I mean, like there there were. A few other clips from the album as well that, that got a little bit of traction. Um, even, obviously, a bit more of a, a mood kind of point, but um, uh, Butt Town, uh, Beavis and Butthead, Butthead did a review. Yeah, they did. And, uh, and they were like, this is, this is like the song with the greatest lyrics that's ever been on MTV. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I just realized um, uh, Donny Boy. Yeah. The Don The Don Boy. Um, 
produced the B-52's cosmic thing yes. in 1989. Yes, indeed. That's so true. that that was uh, the connection there for, for getting, yeah, uh, right. getting Kate on. Because he, he did organise all the extra um, musicians as well. Also, um, out of interest, uh, Slash, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses both appeared. But yeah, as they well. were both on the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of the session guys. Yeah, Jesus we, yeah the, the session dudes on this were insane. The one for me was um, the guitar player, Waddy Watchell. Waddy, yes, I, I read about him. Um, only because uh, Warren Zevon, he played with Warren Zevon, which I was sort of super oh, psyched on. That's cool. He also played with Rolling Stones, John Bon Jovi, <laughs> James Taylor, Brian Ferry, and Jackson Brown and Michael Sweet, but he played with Warren Zevon. Yeah, that's that's pretty rare. Sorry, who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe they had some hits there well, in the seventies. Yeah, like, I'll talk uh, more about like uh, you know this is probably the most you'll ever hear someone talk about a drummer first beforehand. That's <laughs> not on a, not on a metal podcast, but yeah. um, but Charlie Drayton uh, was the guy who who played on this album uh, for part of it. He uh, well, actually, he played with. A bunch of people but out of note he played with the divinals for like fucking years yeah as right well. um a so, connection there. yeah a little aussie connection there um he was the one who was kind of responsible for the drum sound that appears in this track uh you know like that that big snare hit that's in cosmic mm. thing a lot mm-hmm. uh so like love shack uh, is probably everyone can think of that or stick it in you here. oh yeah yeah here, put, put it in here yeah yeah so there's a great little that? spoken word um, segments of this song where that appears when both Iggy and Kate are singing. And I'm like, Ooh, oh, that's so fucking cool. Uh, but it's only really that one part uh, in those verses. It's not for the rest of the track, but I was like, ah, oh, that's really cool. I like that. So did uh, this drummer play with any uh, anyone else of note uh, um, that you've got in your... Like, like everyone else, he played with Herbie Hancock. Oh, um, <laughs> so no one of no, no. Uh, he like honestly, I didn't even write them all down because the list was fucking massive. All right, let's uh, let's let's chart me up. Let's chart me up. Uh, theme song, everyone. To wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Tane's obviously a big fan of the podcast, so he'll 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 know what we're talking about. Uh, here we go. Yeah, sure. Two, three, three four. four. Chart me up. up. If you chop me up and never stop, 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 <laughs> that we've covered that hasn't reached number one in any of the charts. It it, it didn't even reach number ten. <laughs> it climbed uh, and charted. It, it did reach oh, ten in, in in some of them. It reached number five on the modern rock tracks. It reached it reached yeah. ten in in Belgium. Oh well, there we are. Well, you know they know what's up. But uh, it actually uh, it debuted at number ninety on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. Well, it was coming yes. in the nineties. So yeah, well, that's true. Actually, yeah, you're right. Aren't we all shit. There's there's a there's a bunch of places there's that it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, um, it peaked at number twenty eight months later uh, on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. On the U.S. Alternative Song Charts, it was number five. U.S. Mainstream Rock Charts was thirty. Uh, now, in the last few episodes of uh, Whispod, I've been uh, 
asking Jeremy to guess where it came in the Australian charts. Oh, ah, right. Okay. So, what do you well, think? Man, so, if it came number five... Uh, in, uh, if, it, if it Camden charted... Yes. Was that alternative charts peaked number five, did you That's say? That's right. The US alternative charts. Man, you know what? I'm going to go like 47. 47? That's yeah. well low. In Australia? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it was a bit higher. Higher than that. Uh, number nine. Yeah, I was a little bit off. But uh, in New Zealand, 39. So, it was close weird. in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that's weird. Uh, Netherlands, like the, the highest that oh, it got elsewhere. I'm being, being sufficiently vigilant. Sorry. <laughs> the highest that it got anywhere else was the Netherlands Top 40. It came in number four. And the Netherlands Singles Top 100. It came in number seven. Uh, we still got to do that chart episode. Sure. To work out what the hell all, all this means. So what, what's happening with the chart episode then? Well, I want to do an episode all about charts. And what, what and why there's so many. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how they get the data. And so many different ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Okay. It's pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, finally, the, the lowest that it charted was in the UK. The UK singles uh, weekly chart that came in at number 67. All 67. Right. Not um, even 69. That was uh, Chart Me I've Up. I've got a friend named Bevan, number 67. Seven. That was Chart Me Up. Chart Me Up. <laughs> what are we talking about now? Uh, video? Well, before uh, we get to that, actually, I just uh, really want to acknowledge the artwork for the single and oh, yeah. the oh, album. Oh, yeah, yeah, good idea. Which That's we were true. talking about before. Very good point. Tane, you want to talk about the artwork, being the re- resident artist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the cover of of the album and um and the 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 actual single cover as well for Candy was illustrated by Charles Burns, uh, who I mean is a little bit more uh, a lot of people won't know his stuff, but a lot of people will. So he started off doing the sub pop uh, fanzine, doing okay. a lot of comics for that. A lot of comic book fans out there probably know who. He, do we have any comic book fans? I don't. Do we have any fans? It's yeah, it's more the <laughs> specific question. Yeah, That's a good point. Include crickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we are. But um, so sub pop fanzine, I didn't know him from that. Jez, you knew him. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Donny Dazzler. He lent me... Uh, no, no, it was. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, Black Hole. He did a, um, a comic uh, or a illustrated novel. What are they called? Graphic, graphic novel. novel. Graphic, yeah. graphic novel called Black Hole. And it's it's twisted. It's weird. It, it's good. So I can imagine it's twisted. If you're into that kind of stuff, check it out. Yeah. I mean, like um, he, he's kind of like a classic lowbrow kind of artist, like, but in the 80s and 90s, so like much later. Like an R. Crumb kind of... Well, 100%. Figure. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say, if you, if you sort of know R. Crumb, it's sort of similar sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I, is, I was familiar with his was. stuff. Not was. <laughs> not was. I was more familiar with his stuff. So, he wrote, I guess, this story called Dog Boy, uh, which is about a guy who um, has an accident and has a dog's heart implanted into him mm-hmm. and has occasional outbursts of dog-like behavior. Rather mm-hmm. than getting any superpowers, it's actually kind of a pain in the ass. But a tale as old as time. Exactly. Yeah. But it was actually um, love a love story. into a series of shorts that appeared on MTV's Liquid Television, which is where I first saw it. So ah. uh, similar similar era. So I think that was like maybe around ninety three. So still still the same kind of thing. He's like obviously been getting 
you know, work around that period. But if you haven't seen Dog Boy, you can track it down on YouTube. It's fucking awesome. Oh, you can watch it on YouTube. Oh, yes. dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all, all, all the characters have, like, amazing plastic hair. And if you look at the cover of, of Brick by Brick, like, the characters kind of look like that. It's fucking cool. But live action. So, check it out. It reminded me... And I thought it was the same artist. I, I couldn't find reference. I don't think it is, but... Um, to big black songs about fucking. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of really similar art. That really. Um, yeah. So I'm just slipping really naturally back into Death to Orbit Metal. Oh, look at this. <laughs> yeah. Like this. Yeah. So we're kind of veering off course here. Classic segue. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so art is interesting. The artist himself uh, has quite a lot of uh, great work worth checking out. You know, a form of art that mm. I really enjoy oh, is a uh, videography. Oh, mm. my oh. God. Look at this. So look at this. Just ramming it in there. Great, it right great in. fromage. Great <laughs> fromage. Thank you, drink. Everyone, everyone get your <laughs> cheese platter out. That's... <laughs> uh, let's talk about the fucking video. Yes, totally. Uh, you're, you, you guys were mentioning before that it's a very fucking 90s video. Yeah. Like, and it's, as you said, it's right on the cusp and it's... Uh, it was like that. I I don't know that washed out the sort of filters they the, had. The filters, the the, the really the muted sort of stark monocolored filters, but then like combined with very saturated. Colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like the, I don't, and someone who knows more about video or art perhaps would be able to say like they're really bright, but it's like a filter's been put in front of the bright color. They, like, they flick it back and forth. So like, uh, so the the video starts. With oh. E in the club. Well, maybe maybe the viewers haven't seen it yet. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Be, yeah, okay. Well, uh, you guys go away. You go away and watch it, and uh, we'll wait. Talk about it. Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, what? it's been a pretty good episode so it's been far. been pretty good. It's, 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 it's like not bad. putting on an old condom. Do you, <laughs> slipping into an old... Just give it a bit of a rinse. Not always comfortable of, at first. Turn it inside out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope she doesn't fine. notice. How, how long does it usually take the viewers to watch the video as well? Because, I mean, like, do they pause it and then real maybe time. go off? And real, time. real time. It is real time. Real time. That's, that's what I figured. Okay, can, can someone pass me another beer? Uh, I can, yes. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're back. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, that shit. was quick. Sorry, that was quick. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But yes, very fucking 90s video. Uh, Super 90s It's such video. a 90s video that uh, I actually, I expected a tap dancing little girl in a bumblebee costume. Oh, you well done. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? I, it, I actually thought of as I was watching it, the, um, the video to Hunger Strike. Yeah. Oh, For some yeah. reason, Temple like, or the other one was Black Hole Sun. Mm. I was actually just gonna say that because that is total '90s like uh, cinematography with the with the um, the monochrome um, filter and then the saturated colors. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly the same as this. Wonder who directed that? Actually, it might be the same person. Very well. Uh, I don't think it was for this one, but mm. the, this video was directed by a guy named Jeff Priest. Uh, who oh, was Jeff. A, he was Jeff a, a. L. Jeff A. Priest's pieces. Priest's pieces of art. Priest's pieces. <laughs> uh, he was a documentary filmmaker. He also made commercials, but uh, he did music videos for the likes of Mariah Carey, uh, REM, and the B52s. Would you? Would more. you uh, know what uh, REM video 
He, uh, he I did that. Don't have that information. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about it before. It might have been um, shiny, happy, shiny people. happy people. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was shiny happy people. I just know that he did, he did videos for REM, so uh, it very well could be. Interestingly enough, in the Black Hole Sun video clip, Chris Cornell is wearing a necklace given to him by a member of Blind Melon. So it's all just coming around. We got that B52s connection. We got the REM connection. We got the. Blind Melon connection. Well, like a bit like B52's REM, Shiny Happy People came out in 1981, which also featured Kate Pearson. Oh man, I absolutely mean... nothing to do with this song. Different director for Black Hole Sun, but the director of Black Hole Sun also did the video clip for Rhythm Is a Dancer. God damn. Are you shitting me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, I've been. That's another episode I want to do. I want to do the uh, 90s dance. A 90s dance? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. CNC Music Factory. CNC Music oh. Factory. Well, anyway, but we digress. They've got the power. Yeah, oh. we'll talk about this more later. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I could be interested in that. But, yeah, uh, I could be in- Yeah, yeah. You piqued my interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, does anyone have anything else they want to say about the music video? There's not an awful about lot of the video itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we spoke about it a little bit, but I really like the story it tells. Because, I mean, like the, the lyrics themselves can be interpreted in a couple of ways. Yeah, that's true. And, and the video exacerbates that. Like, it, it really doesn't... Um, like commit it to just be one way so so it starts with Iggy in the club and he's singing about candy and he's like looking down but also then like appearing in this beautiful garden with the saturated colours and stuff which looks fucking cool classic 90s uh, and then it turns out that, that Kate is in this club and she's on stage and she's singing but they're not looking at each other yeah, it's an empty club except for Iggy yeah and so, um, yeah neither of them are looking at each other and it kind of helps tell that story of the two uh, different points of view in a relationship you know yeah like, yeah each one's right they're still both singing the same tune but each one's like uh, looking in a different direction it's, I think totally. you guys are 100% looking into these lyrics too much man. I, no, like come I don't on care. I, I like having that no uh, I like it I, ignorance is bliss in, in this sense that like if I'm wrong I, I don't care I want to take a little cool. bit of different direction for a moment if oh, I may sure mm-hmm. what is your favourite candy Oh, Redskins. Really? Yeah. Really? I wouldn't have picked you as a Redskins yeah, guy. Redskin guy. Redskins. I was never a big fan of Redskins. Um, just very chewy. Get caught in your teeth. You know? uh, I'm talking like lollies and stuff, not chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's, yeah. let's go candy. Let's yeah. go lollies. Yeah, yeah, lolly, yeah, yeah. Lollies only. I don't... I'm, oh. You, you know, off you, the top of your head, you don't know. You didn't have a classic. I, I think as a kid. I would say. I think I would say gummy bears. Gummy mm. bears are a solid choice. But solid. then, but then <clears> apparently <throat> someone said to look up what gummy bears are made of and you'll never eat them again and I've never been game to. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, why would you like, do that? Once you hear that, you're it's like, okay, well, I won't look at isn't it. Isn't it so it'd just be all horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, all yeah. pig. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Mostly yeah, yeah. hoof and trotter. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's fine. Welcome back, Mr. Trotter. <laughs> I would say off the top of my head, probably... The uh, the humble sherbet fountain. Ah, Sherby's. Uh, Sherby's. No, no. Oh, Sherby's are good, but Sherby Sherby's the love bug is a British one, which is like in a. It came in like a cardboard tube, and it was full of yeah, sherbet, yeah, and then yeah, you had yeah. the pe- the long piece of licorice mm. that you would lick and then dip in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was solid because it would keep you going for a while. You wouldn't be able to. Although now when I have them, if I find them, it's just like tap all of the delicious <laughs> yeah. sherbet into my mouth and then I eat a piece of licorice. But sure, I kind of yeah. like I kind of like Skittles too. Skittles are good. Skittles are pretty good. A peanut M&M? 
Not well, see, now no. we're veering into chocolate territory. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Which, right. which I don't mind. I bloody love an M&M. Mm. As I've grown older, though, I much prefer... Um, now, the mixed bag of M&M, I think, is quite fun. Mm. Because you get your... Be- but I love the crunchy M&Ms. Uh, you know what I mean? Fair enough. Look, we should save this for our candy podcast. No, mix, no, no, no. I just, wanna, I just want to talk a little bit more about the this candy. See, uh, there's the candy podcast, and then there's a podcast about candy. Yeah. Uh, which one is this now? Yeah. Um, I think the Look, lines crossover. are too This yeah. is a Christopher Nolan edition. <laughs> it's a podcast within a podcast within a podcast. But um, speaking of candy, uh, just one last thing. Sweet bits. Look, we should get to our money shot shortly, but one yeah. last thing about the title candy mm. this song was about a woman that uh iggy pop had a relationship with yeah mm. one of his teenage girlfriends named betsy yeah betsy betsy but yeah when, I, mean, when, I, when I watched him when i watched him in the senior hall interview yeah, yeah. he actually sang betsy betsy, betsy. That's oh cool. right okay That's like, yeah. yeah but i don't know uh, senior hall whatever happened to him i think i read that he he he's, just was like don't look now he's right behind you <laughs> he was there the entire time <laughs> uh, uh, he's right behind me <laughs> <laughs> What's scary is I was about to do an impression. <laughs> I'm just I'm oh, not going I was there. Like, you can't, uh, you know, dangle can't something like that in front of us and not let us put it in our fucking mouths and suck on it. Uh, for now, a speaking of arse end of things, uh, it's time for the end of the podcast. For the money shot. <laughs> it's time for the money shot. Money shot. Look, I think we should let our uh, revered, revered guest Guessed. Uh, go first with the so money Tain, shot. The, the money shot is our, our favorite little part of the song, our favorite little okay. tidbit. Okay. Do you, do you have uh, something that tickles your taint? There, there, there's a couple of bits. It's like I think there's like this guy's taint. taint. Yeah. If, if we're talking about tickling taints. Yeah. Like what when aren't your we? Taint? Yeah. Well, well. When aren't we? <laughs> I'm certainly talking about it all the time. But um, so like I was talking about before with the that that little Easter egg of the snare sound. Yeah. Uh, where so like I mean. You hear it at first because uh, in the spoken word part with Iggy, it's like, oh, like, you know, that's a drum line, whatever kind of thing. But when you hear, like, Kate's voice come in and mm. you hear that drum sound with it, you're like, oh my god, yeah. that's fucking genius. Yeah. Like, that's really cool. But then, of course, final chorus is really where it all comes together sure. as well. So. Yeah, I think this is one of those few songs where I, I don't have a specific moment. I think it just does come together in that last chorus. And it's it's just, pretty yeah, beautiful. It's pretty cool, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when Kate does come in um, and she holds that first sort of high note or first sort of long note yeah. and you hear that sort of very distinctive vibrato she has, yeah. you're just like, yeah, okay, we're in it. That's kind of cool she, as well. She was, I mean... Obviously, connections and whatnot, and she she was interested in doing it. The bit, the new bit we had, the, the new, new bit? little tidbit that we found out this afternoon. Oh shit! Yes, I forgot about this. This was really really good timing. Stop press. Stop press. Oh. I gotta mm. hold in my money shot. I was yeah, you so gotta, close. You yeah, gotta yeah, hold yeah, in yeah. money this shot is, real quick. This is what's happening. Hold on, I'll get the edge over here from you two. It's he can it's act a, as a, a callback. Call it's a callback. Oh, yeah. Callback to last call. series. Oh, got it, got you it, got it. haven't listened. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend. Uh, um, but uh, apparently, Kate Pearson owns a bed and breakfast. Oh, uh, shit. Was it in New York? In upstate New York. Yeah, upstate it, New York. Look, if it's not called the B&B 52s, then I don't want to know about uh, it. Or the Love Shack. Oh, and, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that's it. 
Or you drive up the dirty back road to get there as oh, well. Shit. Um, Does it have a tin roof? Uh, I would be very disappointed if it didn't. Rusted. But apparently, it's our, our good it friend Razzle. It is a little place where we can get to. Uh... <laughs> our good friend Razzle has it on her bucket list of places to stay. Yeah, so right. thank you for sharing that yeah, little that's... tidbit. Really good. There you go. Do we need my money shot now? Yes, we do. We need it. Like the last person to to come on that cracker. (laughs) (laughs) You're waiting to just get it over with and then gobble it up. Biscuit. He meant biscuit. Biscuit. Uh, Biscuit. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. Mm. Depends. Uh, We want it. We need it. I'll give it to you. I'll let you guys lap it up. Yeah. My money shot was going to be just all of Kate. Pearson's Pearson's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But right before the final chorus, they're doing like a little bridgey type section and um, the drums start going in a faster beat. Yeah. Like building, building, building. And uh, both of their voices are just kind of... But Kate is like soaring just over Iggy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll drop it in so yeah, you can hear what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's that's, that's my money shot. That's what I'm all about. I'm all, I always love the, the little moments, you yeah. know, of the songs that you kind of, you don't ever really talk to anyone about that. You know, you go, oh, you know, that's the thing that makes that's, you rewind it and listen to it again. And that's, that's what true. this that's podcast, what this podcast is, all is all about. Also, I, I just want to clear it up so that uh, there's going to be oh, so look, many comments you can get a cream for that as well ah. so, so the 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 drummer that i was talking about before yes. did the b52's parts but this was actually that sound was copied on here by a different drummer what so yes uh by kerry Aron- aronoff Ke- yeah so i knew there was more than one drummer on this so yes kenny aronoff yeah 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 so so just to put that out there um, his list is even bigger than the other guys. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think now. the other guy actually played bass. Did he? Yeah, I think he's like a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, right. Look, let's not get, let the facts get in the get way, in the of, way a of a good story. <laughs> that's yeah, 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 true. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, Kenny Aronoff, monster. Yeah. yeah, no, he's fucking amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Kenny, for letting me get my money shot off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and any, with that. Any, any parting thoughts on the world of candy? I, I think... It, uh, personally, I think it's great that the two very distinct voices, not traditionally like a I would, good voices, if that makes sense. Like yeah, this, they've this got good voices, like, but they're not traditionally what you'd hear in the in the pop charts. We've spoken a lot on the podcast already about just hearing two very very good singers mm. that sing together very very well, and there this is something. Two, this is. Just as good, but for a different reason. I think it's really real. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's actually a really good point, Tane. That's actually a really good point. Well, apparently Kate was kind of selected because she has that accent and that slight, slight country girl kind of drawl thing. And, and, you know, listen to the song, listen to the lyrics, and it's like, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, in in this picture that we've been presented. Yeah, there is something just really... and And look, I find that probably with a lot of Iggy Pop's music in general, there is just something very direct about it this you know it doesn't hide behind anything it just is what it is you know mm. sure <laughs> everyone looked at me like i had something to say You've i'm just so not along agreeing but yeah. uh look that's been an episode i've been gary i've been jeremy and i've been tane and that's been oh. tane. Tane, do, do you have anything to plug to plug yeah only my butt um, <laughs> so you know if there are any takers out there <laughs> look it's a dirty job but someone's got to do it <laughs>
Yeah, so, totally. And uh, he's still got all this yo play to get rid of. So yeah, it's, yeah. my condolences to the last person that tried to plug it as well, it's, <laughs> and their family. But uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Iggy Pop's candy sort of, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of uh, Kelly's Whisper. Ear candy. It's been ear candy. Oh, sh- Bye. 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 Gotcha.